Rangers. Game two of the World Series. Coverage begins at 4.15 on Arizona Sports 98.7 and the Arizona Sports app. Listening right now to Arizona Sports Saturday, live here in the Auction Community Studios. Mitch Vareldis, Steve Zinsmeister, and right now... You're about to hear from Tori Lovello after last night's game. Any conversation to pitch around Seager in that bottom of the ninth? Yeah, right. That's what I was just talking talking to the front office about in my office. Um, in a fantasy land, knowing the outcome, and you're trying to prevent a two-run home two run home run to stay in the game. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you, you feel like you, you put him on and you got first and second with some very capable hitters behind him, which you got to be careful of. And, you know, um, yeah, I think if I'm sitting there as a Monday morning quarterback, I'm 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 thinking about it now. But I was I was thinking with a very clear head, make pitches. We had our closer in the game, and we're we're going to get a couple outs here and, and march off this this field five to three. That was my mindset. And look, hindsight's twenty twenty. So of course, if you want to say, yeah, we'll pitch around Seager the next time that comes up, of course you're going to say that he had a game tying two run homer. But it's interesting to hear that he kind of had a clear mindset in terms of. I trust my closer. We're going to go after him. I don't care that there's a runner on. We're going to go after him. Now, I'm curious if our Diamondbacks lead writer, Alex Weiner, with Arizona Sports, agrees with that sentiment. He joins us now live from Arlington here on the Arizona Sports Line. Alex, first of all, hello. Thanks so much for taking some time for us. Hey, guys. So, I don't know if you were able to catch any of, well, I mean, you were in the presser last night. When when Greg Moore asked the question about was there an idea to pitch around Seager and just the way that Lavello answered that question, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. We probably they probably should have pitched around him in the end. Do you think that changes their approach to specifically Corey Seager tonight? Yeah, uh, actually, I was in the clubhouse, uh, but I went back and watched it, so we're all good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean. I think you guys uh, asked me this last night about pitching around guys and, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, they're trying to make mistakes there. I mean, that was a pitch that, you know, top of the zone fastball, but caught the middle. Um, you know, that's an area where Seawald lives, but just kind of over the center of the plate. And of course, Seager was looking first pitch fastball and got a hold of one. So, yeah, I mean, they pitched around him a little bit at the beginning of the game too. Um, and he walked a couple times and he scored a couple of runs. So, you know, there's a fine line between pitching around guys and letting them go, and sometimes it works, like with the Kyle Schwarber situation in Philadelphia, and sometimes it doesn't. Could you speak to the basically the way that Paul Seawald pitches, too, I think plays into this. Like, he throws a lot of high fastballs. That's one of his pitches that sets up his, his sweeper so well. So I, I can't imagine a scenario where Paul Seawald, of all pitchers, just avoids throwing high fastballs in the zone, right? Yeah, he's got two pitches. And so he's, he's got his fastball and he's got his sweeper. And, um, you know, he's, he's got when he's, you know, darting both of them, that's when he's at his best. But... Uh, yeah, part of that fastball. I mean, it's not a 99 mile an hour fastball that he could put anywhere and blow past people. It's, you know, 92, 93. So he's got to live up in the zone and change eye levels and keep hitters guessing and that's where he makes his money. So, yeah, I, I don't imagine he will look like a different pitcher because he gave up, a, you know, had a blown save. He's just had blown saves. He's going to have more blown saves, but um, he's been mostly excellent uh, this postseason, especially with six saves. And so I don't know if anything will change too drastically. I just think that the pitch got left over the plate a little too much. 
Let's transition into how pitching is going to look today. Of course, you've got Merrill Kelly on the Diamondbacks side of things. We asked you about him last night. I'm more so curious about Jordan Montgomery, and we've seen that the Diamondbacks have approached left-handed hitters basically the same when it comes to the order. Do you personally expect the same approach in terms of Alec Thomas likely takes a seat, Longoria moves to DH, and Rivera slots in at third base to fill the spot in the order? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's what they did in the Philly series when they went up against a left-handed starting pitcher. Um, I, don't, I don't think they've released a lineup yet today. Yeah, not not yet. Um, but that'll probably come in the next you know few minutes, so we'll have an answer pretty soon. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the way they've rolled with it. And, you know, it, it hasn't been a great postseason for Rivera, but he got a hit in that last game against the Phillies. They would use Thomas later in the game, potentially uh, either defensively as a pinch hit spot, pinch run spot, so... Um, yeah, that's that's the way that they've gone recently, and I don't know if that'll change here. Christian Walker, 0 for 4 last night, 163 is his batting average in the postseason. Um, he's got the most walks on the team in the postseason, however, so he's being patient, but is he being too passive, and would you like to see him be more aggressive at the plate? Um, I don't know if he's being too passive. Yeah, the walks have been a huge help because like you mentioned, it's, 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 it's had a couple of tough at-bats. I mean, even yesterday, you know, it looked like he was starting to turn a corner in that Philly series. He really um, hit a ball hard to deep right field. That ended up being a fly out. Um, but that kind of looked like, okay, he's at least getting, he's hitting the ball a little bit harder. Um, and then yesterday was just a really tough day with the strikeouts. And, you know, that last bat especially where um, I believe it was a breaking ball in the dirt that he whiffs over and then a high fastball that he's just laid on and then whiffs again and just, um, yeah, it, it's just one of those things where he's going through it right now and trying to fight out of it. And I think being patient and working the walks has kept him competitive. So um, I don't know if that will necessarily change. I think he's just got to, and, and, you know, Troy Lovell said this during the NLCS, or Mather kind of said this to me before the World Series started about just kind of blocking into your zone um, and sticking with that as opposed to trying to chase every strike. Alex Weiner, our lead Diamondbacks writer with us at Arizona Sports, joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line here on Arizona Sports Saturday. A lot of Arizona sports in that uh, tagging there. Alex, I'm curious. Arizona sports happening. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you mentioned that you were in the clubhouse last night. You went around to talk a bunch of the players. I'm curious, did you get any sort of uh, inkling that maybe they feel a little bit of pressure to try and leave Texas with a 1-1 series tie? Or do you think that they were more focused on how the game ended last night? Yeah, I think they were on to the next day. Um, you know, a, a few of them brought up what they were able to accomplish in Philadelphia, falling behind. You don't want to fall in love with being able, like only playing with your back against the wall. I mean, very, <laughs> a very few handful of teams have been able to come back from down 0-2 in seven-game series historically, and the D-backs are able to do that against a tough Phillies team. But this is a very good Rangers team with probably a deeper lineup than Philadelphia without the top-end, as many top-end star guys. But, um, yeah, you know, good starting rotation. I don't know. It's, it's, I guess the mood afterwards was like kind of on to the next day. They've been here before they've overcome the odds before. And so that's sort of the mindset here. 
Greg Schulte told a, a funny story about Tom Candiotti getting in the elevator with some of the players before game seven, and they were kind of like playing a weird game where they were like facing the walls and they weren't talking to each other, but they were having fun. And nothing seems to phase these guys. They're so young in the clubhouse. Do you have any anecdotes, any stories about being around the clubhouse and just how these guys don't seem to really be encapsulated by the moment? Like they're not, they're not surrendering to the bright lights at all. Yeah, it's uh, kind of an anecdote. I mean, you know, before Game 7 of the National League Championship Series against the Phillies, I mean, Troy Lovello in the interview room talked about how, you know, you always want to kind of get the pulse of your team before a big game like that. But when he walked by, there were guys playing cards, they were having conversations, they were somewhere eating Philly cheesesteaks in the eating room. I mean, it just seemed like a totally normal day. And while the World Series is a little different because there's more media responsibilities and you have to sign all these baseball, you have to do this with all this merchandise. And um, but you know, it, it felt like at least before the game, and this is what you know, Tori talked about yesterday, and Merrill talked about yesterday, and just the feeling was that you know they were continuing to have business as usual. So yeah, it's a tough team as far as its maturity, um, especially for how young it is. I mean, it's amazing that you know they have this many 23 year olds who go out and put together, you know good, mature at-bats in these big moments. And so, yeah, it's, it's been pretty cool to watch. Alex, as always, thank you so much for the time. And then Steve and I will chat with you later again tonight following Game 2, all right? All right. We'll see what happens. All right, take it easy. Alex Weiner, who's our lead Diamondbacks writer, covers them for us at Arizona Sports and ArizonaSports.com. He oh. must be so tired of us by now. <laughs> he's probably like, oh, i got to talk to them Every again. night he's like, oh, i got to talk to those guys.